This year during the Advent sermons, we'll look to the prophet Isaiah for news, for good news, for hope, for peace, for joy, for love. And we love the prophet Isaiah because there are so many hopeful passages in, in his book, in his, in his prophecy. Now, many prophetic messages, if you, if you read them, especially if you read those minor prophets after Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel, uh, feel like you're being scolded. And there's a part of the prophet's message that is for rebuke and, and correction. That's what prophets at times do. But there's also great hope in the prophets because the prophets see a new day. They see something and they talk about something that is yet to come. They share a vision about how things can be better than they are, how things will be better than they are when God is in power most fully. And they acknowledge that though times are tough now, God does promise to intervene. And when God does, it will be good. So this Advent, as we look to Isaiah, we look to see, think, see that though things are not as wonderful as we would hope for them to be, God will intervene. God does intervene. And when God does, there's a, a happy ending in sight. There's goodness on the way. There is hope on the horizon. This morning, we'll share in uh, verses from Isaiah chapter 2, one through, verses 1 through 5. It's a set of verses that end with this refrain, O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. We want to walk in the light of the Lord. And that's why we look to the prophet Isaiah today. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many peoples shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations. He shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If there is any time of year where we dream of harmony and have deep longings for peace, when, when those things become part of the common vernacular of the society at large, it is during the holiday season. It's during this time that everybody prays for peace on earth. During these weeks nestled between Thanksgiving and Christmas, the world longs for those words that they don't know what they are, but they're our words for Advent. Hope, peace, joy, and love. Everyone 
adopts the language uh, delivered through Linus on stage under that single spotlight. Good tidings of great joy, as he says. This is what Christmas is all about. Everyone adopts those words, at least ideologically. You can talk about peace sentimentally as we think about the children's stories. We could talk about peace a little bit irreverently, if you will. Saturday Night Live has a sketch where Steve Martin gives his Christmas wish. And he says, if I had one wish this holiday season, it would be for all the children of the world to join hands together in the spirit of harmony and peace. He then says, if I had two wishes this holiday season, it would be for all of the children of the world to join hands and sing in the spirit of harmony and peace. And the second would be for $30 million a month to be given to me in a Swiss bank account. You might remember how the skit goes on and on and on, but at least it starts with a longing for peace. If we listen to everything around us outside of these walls, the songs, the greetings, the shows, even the commercials, we'll have a sentiment of peace that covers the sales pitch. Even there's a hope for peace embedded within the irreverence of comedy this time of year. All of us long for a true sense of peace because all of us are struggling against other things. Could use the word at war. There's wars on politics, there's wars on ideologies, there's wars on Christmas. Our schedules are at war with us because we don't have enough time. We at times are at war with one another because there's not enough resources. There's so many wars going on around us. Literal wars, metaphorical wars, spiritual wars, that all we want is a little bit of peace sometimes. And I think that's what's so nice about reading from the prophets during Advent. Because they promise that peace will come. They promise that it's coming today. The people that Isaiah wrote to seem a lot different than us, but in actuality, they're not all that different. Just like us, they longed for a better day. They longed for God to show up. They looked for peace and for a peace that they thought, they hoped would come, and they read these verses and seek to walk in the Lord's light. They never really experienced what it was that is promised. We haven't yet experienced it fully. One commentator writes, The promise of this text, it doesn't hold up when examined against Israel's history. The mountain of the Lord was never the most prominent mountain. Even even the the nearby peaks around Jerusalem were taller than than the mountain that they put the temple on. The nations never streamed to Jerusalem, at least not yet. Yahweh has never played a role as as international conflict mediator. And the waging of warfare continues to afflict creation even to this very day. Whatever realities this passage speaks of, they exist primarily in the realm of promise and hope. They've yet to come into reality. 
There's promise and there's hope in this passage. Hope and promise that we, we long for. When Isaiah wrote, he was writing to a people who were at war with everyone around them. They were scared. They were unsure about their stability, their viability. But they heard words from this prophet. They heard words that God would someday do something great. He'd bring everyone together and create peace among nations. And this became good news for them. They clung to this news and they sought to walk in the light of the Lord. And so in that way, they're just like us. And in that way, Isaiah writes to us today. Because we long to bring things together and bring about peace and see peace. We joke about it like Steve Martin. Peace seems like a quaint thing that our children wish for, and we teach them to talk about. But in actuality, I, I suspect that irreverent comedy and sentimental children's cartoons might be defense mechanisms that we have culturally against the fear that hope and peace might never actually come. Maybe it's impossible. Maybe that hope is for someone else. Maybe, maybe God won't come. And so we put up our defenses. Out there in the other spheres of influence where we live and where we work and we have the rest of our being, there's many lights we can chase, there's many ideas we can, can, can think about. There's many things that can happen and there's many folks who are telling us that things are the way that they always are and they always will be and that's sad. And I think that that's not walking in the Lord's light. And I think that that's not hoping for the light that will come in a few weeks. One that will arrive in a matter of days ahead of us. The picture of hope from Isaiah, where it really comes to being, where it really, I guess, hits the ground, if you will, comes there in verse 4. They'll beat their swords into plowshares. They'll beat their spears into pruning hooks. This is repeated several times in the Old Testament. The mark, it is the mark of, of the peace that God will bring. Because the hope for peace comes that when we use the things that, divide, that threaten to divide us, when we use the things that divide us, when they get used and transformed into something that becomes constructive, then we see that's where God's at work. Plowing brings a field to life. A, a pruning hook takes off the dead ends and allows the resources to be directed to where there is life. And in the light of the Lord, the things that would divide us, swords and spears, become transformed into Tools that bring us together. Tools that bring about life. In the light of the Lord, the things that separate us from one another and from God become bridges to connect us to one another and to God. The weapons we would use against one another to, to keep ourselves protected and alive become transformed to become tools to bring us together, to bring others with us. 
To bring all of God's people together. Not below us, not leaving some behind us. But how do we get there? Do we just wait for God to intervene? How do we get there? Do we just rely on God to do something? Will we ever get there? I think the question, the answers to those questions come when we consider the light that we're looking for. What is the light that we are seeking? What is the light that we long to walk in? In worship during this Advent season, we're going to talk about the light of Christ that that came and that will come again. This is the light that has the power to transform the things that divide us into things that could unite us. And we will be united when we can turn our energies toward the light of hope and peace that God will bring, even if it's not fully here yet. The driving theme of our sermons and our songs comes from the the beginning, the inside cover of your Advent book. Arise, shine, your light has come. The Lord's glory has shone upon you. Though darkness covers the earth and gloom the nations, the Lord will shine a light upon you. God's glory will appear over you. I also keep thinking about Isaiah 9, a passage we typically read on Christmas Eve. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Those living in a pitch dark land, to them a light has dawned. So here in this space for worship, we'll be preparing ourselves for the coming of the light of Christ. If there's a light we're looking towards, it's that one. The light we will light on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. On those days we'll meet the Lord again and He will come and He will will symbolize the, the embodiment of peace and hope and joy and of love of those things that we struggle to find within ourselves but that God brings us. Those are things we need God to bring us and those are the lights we need to look for. That needs to be the light that we're seeking and so each week, each week we, will, we come into the sanctuary and we seek hope and joy and peace and love. And while knowing its promise won't be fully foreseen until the full arrival of Christ, we come seeking God's light nonetheless. We're here to learn what it means, to practice what it means to walk by the light of the Lord. Because in that light there is hope for true peace, immeasurable joy, and unconditional love. In that light our fear and destruction can be transformed into hope and a hope for peace. Peace on earth and peace in our hearts. And so that begs us to ask the question of ourselves. During this Advent journey, what light are you seeking? What are you truly longing for during this Advent season? It turns out that the significance of your Advent journey will be directly related to the light you are seeking. Therefore, ask yourself, what light am I seeking? What light am I looking for? Many folks are looking uh, for shopping this season, and I know that seems trite. 
But if you, if you seek to, to celebrate giving presents and getting presents, then, then chances are pretty good that you're going to reach that light on the 25th. And on the 26th, it might be over with. For others, the light they are seeking is December is closing season. It's the end of the sales year. The light, if the light you seek is related to your work, that light will only last a little while because January comes and the work starts over. During this season of the year, if you long for some peace and some rest, or if the peace you long for is rest, I suspect your office will be closed a few days and you can sit and rest. But the office will open back up. That light of rest will go away. And so let me encourage you to ask yourself, what light am I truly seeking this holiday season? What light am I walking in and walking towards as a Christian person as I am walking through Advent? And then consider adjusting your life to seek the light of Christ this Advent season. Commit to figuring out what does it mean for me to walk in the light with God. Come to worship. Read your scriptures. Take time to pray and attend to a deep longing for God that you have in your heart. It just may be covered up. Consider what the coming light of Christ might mean for you. Consider how your spiritual life will be enriched by walking through an Advent journey of of worship with a congregation like this one. Because all around us, there are many different lights you can seek. In fact, most of the people around us outside are depending on us to have an attention span like that of a cat who chases a flashlight or a laser beam. A cat who chases the last light he has seen. That is not you. That is not me. We don't seek that little of a light. We seek a greater light, a transformative light, a light that comes through Christ. Christ who will be born as a child in just a few weeks ahead. And so as God's people, let's seek the light of the Lord. As God's people, let's walk in hope and peace. And towards a hope and peace that transforms the things that divide us into the things that can bring us together. Bridges we can cross together. Let's walk toward peace that comes through the coming of a king who came as a child. And let's walk through Advent seeking the light of the Lord always in our hearts and in our lives. For in that light there is true peace. That is the light we want to seek. I pray that God will bring us each that light today and for each day ahead. Let us pray. Loving God, we want to be children of your light and we want to follow you well. We need to experience your great love and strength and power. And so, Lord, be with us today. Be with us and carry us through. Shine your light upon us And help us to sense your loving presence each step of today. And Lord, as we wait, as we resist singing, as we as as Christian people profess belief that the story is only just beginning on the 25th of December. 
Help us to be faithful each and every day, looking for your light and delivering your light to those who need it as well. Lord, we want to be children of your light. We want to follow Jesus. May this Advent season, as we hope in you and we hope in seeing you through your light, may it be meaningful to each and every one of us because of your light being upon us. This, O Lord, we offer in your great name and with great faith. Amen.